Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, congratulations. You're about to arrive to the right place. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to the Eminent Heron Sportsbook Podcast. Are you ready for it? Now, here is Eminent Heron. Welcome, everybody, to uh, the, another show of the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. So delighted to have you join us here tonight. Really excited about tonight's show. And definitely, we're going to make sure we kick it off on the right foot. It's now April Fool's Day, <laughs> April 1st, 2022, 9.30 p.m. And definitely want to thank our sponsors here at the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show, Chef G's Barbecue Sauce. So delicious and addictive, you may need a support group. So make sure you go ahead and check out FLBBQ Barbecue Sauce. Make sure you do that. Check out our Facebook page at Allen and Aaron. And make sure you go ahead and support Chef Gene and get a bottle of uh, his barbecue sauce. We tasted all four flavors. Fantastic. Kids love it. Really, really good. It is very addictive, actually. <laughs> and definitely... Wanted to mention to you that, unfortunately, tonight, Aaron is busy. He had another engagement, so he won't be joining us here tonight. But the great thing is we're going to have a great show for you tonight. You're going to have a lot of great things that's going to happen tonight for you. So we're going to have a, a fun night with a lot of excitement. You guys are going to be definitely ready for a great show. And one of the things that's going to happen here is that we're going to have a great Friday night. We're going to bring you a special guest. His name is James Vita, he's going to let you know about his background in baseball. He's going to go ahead and break down who he believes is a Hall of Famer and who he believes is not a Hall of Famer. We'll talk about that. We'll have a great time for that. And also, what happened today, earlier today, folks, was that I was able to go ahead and do an interview with Lou Pinella, great player, great manager, great person. So you got a chance to go ahead and check out that interview, that exclusive interview at Avalov Golf Course. And this was all set up with with Lou Pinella. And we, he chose the destination. It was his request. I'm so glad he did. It was a definitely a high class and, and place and the golf resort. We did the interview right there in the card, card room, nice and private and quiet. And it was really cool to see that everybody knows Lou. <laughs> So we did a fantastic interview. You can check out that interview on our Facebook page. We made it easy for you this time. You can do it on the Facebook page to see it there. You also have the capability of watching it on YouTube. Just type in exclusive interview, Lou Pinella. It'll come right up. I want to thank Lou Pinella for giving us an outstanding interview earlier today, Friday, on April Fool's Day. That's not a joke. He actually did a fantastic interview. That is one person who I really believe will make it to the Hall of Fame and should be in the Hall of Fame. Before doing the interview, I did my research. I checked into it to see, to be fair with Lou, both yes or no, what what should it be? He was one vote shy of getting it, and I looked into it, and what my opinion would be is that he absolutely deserves to get it. When you look at his numbers, he he deserves to get it. I'll talk more and break down the numbers and why those points are to me. A bit later, when James comes on the show, we'll get his opinion on it as well. But, yes, he would have my vote 
I don't really think it's as close as many people might think it is with him getting the vote or not. I'll explain to you my thoughts on that as well a bit later. But yes, thank you, Lou Pinella, for an outstanding interview. Sweet Lou was definitely Sweet Lou. And we're going to have Lou come on our show again, this time on the show, the live show, where it will be different will be that you'll have Aaron on our show and we'll have an opportunity for guests to ask him questions and to bring points of view to him directly, your thoughts. And we also had set it up so that you guys could put your opinions in all the comments if you think he's a Hall of Famer or you're not. I've already gotten a lot of feedback already. Some say yes. One person said no, and I'll discuss a little bit about that a little bit later when I talk about it. But without further ado, we're going to bring on one of our special baseball analysts. His name is James Vita, and he's going to be our special guest tonight, so let me go ahead and bring him on. Hey, how you doing so far today? Well, Alan, how you doing today, brother? I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. Really, thank you so much for joining Alan and I was the radio show. Really a pleasure and honor to have you. And uh, before we get into the Hall of Fame, let people know a yep. little bit about your baseball, your baseball background. You have a definitely a unique and really cool baseball background. Oh yeah, you know it, it's it's kind of a strange one. Uh, you know, I, I I got after high school. I didn't go to college for three years. I uh, didn't you know didn't want to do any more school. I was done with school, I think. And um, and uh, you know, I got an opportunity to walk on at St. Petersburg Junior College over you know in Clearwater. Uh, Got a scholarship after my first year. Uh, after my second year, Florida Southern came calling over from Lakeland. Uh, got, got a two-year scholarship there, did well there, and got drafted by the Royals. You know, so um, it was uh, it, it, it was pretty, uh, in a pretty a different adventure. I, I took a different path to get there. But I, unfortunately, I didn't make it to the big leagues. But, uh, you know, I had some arm injuries, uh, you know, uh, but – but it was uh, it was definitely well worth uh, that trip. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. A lot of people don't make it even as far as you did, especially being that you were a walk-on. That's even harder because those are tough to make it, you know, when you have no connections and you're just coming out from somebody out of blue. Talk about them actually giving you opportunity in that regard. Uh, yeah, you know, I, because I that I was you know grew up in St. Pete. I knew the I knew the, the you know a lot of the guys that were playing over there at the St. Pete Junior College, and you know I played summer ball with them. I kept playing. You know, I played in a, at the time it was Stan Musial League. It was an eighteen and over league uh, in the summer, and you know I, I would do well during the year or during those uh, seasons. And everybody's like, come 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 walk on, man. Come come to school. I already talked to the coach about you and. Finally, enough was enough. You know, I, I had enough working 12-hour shifts at, uh, you know, where I was working. And I thought, okay, I need to do something different. This, this I'm wasting, I'm wasting that talent. So I got that opportunity, and you know, I coach, coach, coach Ed Davis. You know, uh, rest in peace, Ed Davis. Great, great man. Gave me that opportunity, and uh, you know, he told me, he said, "You do well." He goes, "We might have some scholarship money in the spring." I led, I led the team, I think, in every category, hitting wise, in in the fall. And he was a man of his word and gave me gave me a scholarship in the spring, and, and the rest, I guess, what you would say is history. <laughs> wow, that's very impressive. Definitely, may he rest in peace. And 
you know, that's you can't ask for anything more than that. Somebody gives you an opportunity, keeps their word, and, and made good on their word. That's amazing. Yep. No, no, absolutely. I mean, that's that's what it's all about. You know, he 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 gave me the opportunity, and and uh, I was uh, I was fortunate enough to get the opportunity and and uh, capitalize on it. Oh, that's wonderful, James. And then, yeah, and and the nice thing is, <laughs> we was able to meet a Hall of Famer last Friday, and oh, yeah. not only that, we was able to meet someone who we're hoping to be a Hall of Famer. So. Talk about the experience that you had on on Friday about the the baseball bourbon and cigars event. Talk about that. How was that for you? Oh, that was that, that was fantastic. That was kind of a last minute, uh, you know, thing for me. I, I was on vacation all week. I came back back from vacation on Thursday, and uh, you know, I was asked to uh, to be there to represent the brands, uh, you know, the of the comp- the company I work for. I work for. Wine and spirits company, and they wanted me to represent the brand there. And I was like, okay, sir. You know, I didn't. I really had no idea how how really big it was. You know, big an event it was. And uh, you know, it was it was neat meeting all those people, talking to Wade, and, and uh, you know, getting a chance to shake hands with Lou Pinella. And uh, you know, it was uh, it was it was really cool. And then, of course, the best the best uh, thing of the night was uh, running into you and catching up with you. Yeah, that was amazing. It really was. I mean, it, it just goes to show you that it's a small world. You just never know who you're going to run yep. into. And I, that Absolutely. really made my night. And then it, it was such a cool event. And it was such an event that, you know, I was so glad that I went because it was so much fun. And I just kept thinking about yep. it for days after. And <laughs> Wade was enjoying himself. He was enjoying himself so much that he – Took one of the companies you represented. It took the whole bottle. Took it, and he looked at me and says, "Is this okay?" And I'm like, yeah, "Of course it's okay. Go ahead." You know, what am I going to say? <laughs> no, you wait. Uh, of course, have fun. <laughs> exactly. He's the VIP guest. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Great. <laughs> you want another one? Here, here's the other one. Take the other one too. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was, and I, I was a witness. You know, so if someone said, "What happened to the bottle?" I witnessed it. Wade took the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> Wade, it's gone and it's probably in recycling right now and he I'm sure he finished it. <laughs> yeah, that was that was amazing that that I ran into you and and what was really cool that we I really wanted the you know, all of our listeners to hear is a discussion about Hall of Fame. And you brought up such great topics. I had to share this with everybody to hear. But in your opinion, we talked about Pete Rose. We'll start with him. Do you yep. feel is if Pete Rose is a Hall of Famer? A hundred percent, hundred percent. You know, I, I go, I got a buddy of mine, and we go back and forth on this. And and to me, you know, and I make a joke. I said it's a Hall of Shame until Pete's in there. You know, <laughs> uh, it it just it makes it makes absolutely no sense. You know, uh, you know, the, the, what he did as a manager, that's not what the Hall of Fame is about. It's what he did as a player. You know, he, he didn't, he didn't hurt anybody. He didn't like kill anybody. He didn't do anything like that. He wasn't taking drugs. Yeah, I bet he, you know, he, but you know, he, according to all the news or what was said is what I, or what I've heard, he only bet on his team to win, never, never to lose. So with that said, if if you take that out of there, uh, is he, he's the, he's the best hitter, the best hitter ever, you know, 4,000 plus hits. Come on. 
That guy, that guy needs to be in there. And I, and I'd hate the day he dies. The next day they, they open it up and say, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll put him in now. Cause that, that would be unfair to him. No, I agree. And that's a great point. I kind of get the feeling that that's what it feels like they're going to probably do. Wait till he passes and then put him in. And I'm like, why would you do it at that point? Let him enjoy it. I mean, he's getting up there now. If you're going to give somebody an honor, give it to him while he's still living. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Look, there was there was guys that that played in this league that that had uh, substance issues, and and they you know the league would would fine them or suspend them, and then they would continue to play. You know. Uh, so so how how long of a sentence does Pete have to have to have? For something he did in the, uh, well, I guess it was the uh, 80s, in the 80s or 90s. You know, I mean, it's yeah. not, it's, it's, it's a basically a death sentence for him for, for something he did. I think he coached six years for the Reds. So for six years and, and for the, the amount of, of time that he spent there is, is wrecking everything he did leading up to that point in baseball, which makes no sense. No, I totally agree. But, and definitely, you have some great points. And we have another call on the line. I believe they have their opinion as well. Let me bring them on with you, okay, James? Sure, absolutely. Hey, welcome to the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. Great. Hello? You still there? Did you lose him? Yeah, I think we may have lost them. Okay. If we did lose you, please call back. Okay, but yeah, you you um you brought up a great point, and I, I agree with you. I think they should let Pete in the Hall of Fame. It's already, like I said, he's already great point that you made, James. That he's already kind of served this penalty. Like, okay, I agree. Yes, Pete should have handled things a little differently. I think the cover up, the lies and stuff, really hurt him. If he would have just maybe been more forth white, yes, I made a mistake. I, I don't think he'd be in the position he's in. I still think he would have got a penalty, but they, they say the cover-up sometimes is worse than a crime, and I think that's what happened with Pete. Oh, uh, yeah, you're right. And, you know, again, I'm sure if he looks back and he did it, he, he could do it differently. He definitely would have. Uh, but, again, the, the I, I don't believe the crime uh, matches the punishment. Yeah, I agree, and, and definitely I think he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. And there were some other people that you mentioned that you felt belonged there. Let's talk about Barry Bonds. What are your thoughts on Barry Bonds? Uh, you know, it, that one, that was it, Bonds, Clemens, you know, uh, you know, Maguire, Sosa, you know, all those guys, you know, if, you know, a, 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 you know, a substance you know, that makes you stronger or makes you heal quicker. It doesn't make you hit the baseball. It all, you know, you still have to have the hand-eye coordination. You still have to throw strikes if you're a pitcher. You know, you, you still have to get the ball over the plate or get the guy out. It all, you know, that to me that doesn't. Now, could, did Bonds and those guys maybe hit the ball maybe a little further because of it? Or the, the only thing I think that they gained out of it was they recovered and the season – wasn't such a grind on their body as if they didn't take it, uh, you know, the, the, the PEDs. Uh, but I believe, I believe they should be in, I, you know, bonds, bonds numbers before, you know, all this, before everything, uh, he, he should be in. If, if, in my opinion, if 
poppies in. Uh, you know, uh, again, I'm not I'm not an expert on this, but it, uh, I would I'm only speculating. But if Bagwell is in, if Piazza's in, those guys need to be in. And I'm not saying 100% that they did, but it, it's kind of you know there's rumors going around or have gone around that they they have partaken. Uh, but again, I'm not I'm not pointing fingers or saying anything like that. All I'm saying is those guys should be in the Hall of Fame. They're why not? You know, they're they're the baseball's best at the time. No, I agree. And 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 you have a great point, James. I think yes, the steroids probably did if if allegedly if they did take them, it may have helped them first foremost recover, especially in their age, being, you know, around thirty five, thirty six. It also helped them, I feel, you know, play more games, get more games into the season because of their aches and bodies. And also some distance, but like you said, you still have to hit the ball on the sweet spot. You have to hit it on the sweet yep. spot because if you know if if you're taking steroids, you actually you're more muscle bound. You actually might miss the ball more because you're not as flexible. You know, so I, I definitely think. It, it, no, it, go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I. I, no, I, I agree with you on that. You know, the, the, you know the, the, the thing the thing that most most guys do is when they start to take the steroids, they bulk up, and you know, especially in baseball, you know, swinging and 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 running and throwing, you need to have that flexibility. So, you know, all that, you know, you you get too bulked up, it 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 becomes difficult to have that short, you know, compact swing to the ball and to get it get it on the sweet spot, you know, hit, hit the barrel. Uh, but you know, again, I don't. I don't think all of it was was uh, you know. I think it was again. Like I, I remember hearing an interview with Andy Pettit. Andy Pettit was on the list, and he said, and he came right out. He goes, "Yeah, I did it." He goes, "It was after my elbow surgery. I took it to help myself recovery, so to help myself recover, so I can get back to my team uh, and help them." That's that, that to me. That that is the reason why you would do something like that. What's, what's the difference of taking an antibiotic if you're sick, you know, you're hurrying up to fix, help your body fix itself, you know, uh, you know, you're, you're just giving your body a little extra, you know, help to recover and to get back to what you were doing, whether it's, you know, <laughs> talking on a podcast or, or, or throwing 95 miles an hour and winning a world series, you know, Exactly, <laughs> you know, helping your body recover and get back into form. And uh, speaking of recovery, I believe we have the caller back on the line now. Let me go ahead and try it again. Wait one second. Here. There you go. What's going on? Hey, what's going on, fellas? This is Angelo. How you guys doing? Doing great. Angelo, how are you doing today? Oh, man, all is well, all is well. Uh, just kind of chiming on bonds. Um, you know, just kind of take steroids out of the picture. Um, you know, I've been observing Bonds for a while, looking at the power of Bonds. He was taking that ball yard when he was with the Pirates. He yep, was taking that yep. ball yard when he was with San Fran. And then even when he was retired as a batting coach for whatever that team was in Florida, I was watching and he was still taking the ball yard. Yeah, you're absolutely, absolutely. right. So it's like, okay, so is it really the steroids is the issue or is the you know, or is it just because of who he is? You know, I don't know. I, I think I think you absolutely got a great point. I think it's more of who he is because the thing about Barry Bonds for me, I know a lot of people talking about seven fifty six and what have you. 
to me, Barry Bonds is the first ballot Hall of Famer because of one stat. Mm-hmm. He has 500 home runs and 500 steals. I don't care who you mm-hmm. are. Steroids or no steroids, even if you cut off 250 of his home runs, that is first ballot Hall of Fame right there. Nobody has mm-hmm. 500 home runs and 500 steals. So to me, no. to your point, Barry Bonds is without a doubt a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Yep. Agree. Oh, I agree. Yeah, Angelo, I 100% agree with you. Uh, yeah, when he was with Pittsburgh, I mean, yeah, he, in his seven years of Pittsburgh, he had, like, I think, like 175 home runs. I mean, you know, uh, it, it was just – he was on his way, you know. But, of course, when he got to San Francisco, you know, things looked like it got a little easier for him. But, but that's what you do when you mature into the game and you understand the game and, and, and you know, and you become, you become better. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. So then, uh, in addition to you know, I think a lot of people when it comes to bonds, oh, they didn't want him to break you know Hank Aaron's record because you know allegedly he's uh, tied to this you know this steroid era you know. Yeah. And, and to me, I, I don't. You know it, that really doesn't. I mean, it's great that he he did break the record, but to me, I don't have any animosity towards him because of that. I, I really. I'm looking at what he was as a player, and I've seen Barry Bonds, and Barry Bonds to me is an elite player. It had nothing to do with steroids. It had nothing to do with anything of that. Yes, he had some rub-ins with the media, and yes, he – you know, Barry seemed like the type of guy that he seemed like he's hot and cold. You catch him at the right moment, he'd be like your best friend. But if you catch him in that that, – he seemed like a moody type of person to me. I'd never met him, but he seemed like the type of person that he's kind of moody – Kind of like my brother, my younger brother. If you catch him in the wrong mood, it could be a long day for you. You know what I mean? <laughs> but if you catch him in a good mood, he could be like your best friend. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, and, yeah. and and that's where and that's where the media gets involved with this because, you know, he he was very very short with them, and uh, a lot of them didn't like him, so they're the ones who vote. You know, they're the ones who, who vote for the, the Hall of Famer. It goes all the way back to Ted Williams. When Ted Williams hit over 400, I believe it was in 1941, he, he refused to give interviews. He, he, you know, he didn't want to talk to the press and everything, so they didn't like him. So they ended up voting for Joe DiMaggio as a, as a league MVP. Joe still hit, I mean, he still, I think he hit like 350, but Ted hit over 400, you know, and that's, that's the power of the media right there that, that will, you know, it'll make or break you. And I think that's that's part of why Bonds is, you know, you know, having a little problem or had a problem so yeah. far with, with getting in the hall. Yeah. Even with yeah. these little issues that he had, he's still putting fans fans are still coming out to see. Yeah, oh yeah. The, the owners didn't the owners loved them because they were they were making the money. They're making the money. Yeah. Sold out games, still making money off his name, you know. So that's what I'm like, yep. you know, is it really the steroids is the issue? Like, you know, I feel like there's something, you know, a little bit more behind it. But, you know, what do I know? I don't know anything, but I'm just kind of speculating, you know. Right. Yeah, I mean, it, let's say you worked in the media and you were the ones voting for, for bonds. How would your opinion be different at that point? Uh, I'm sorry. No. Ask that question one more time. I was kind of uh, oh, breaking no. up. Oh no, no, that's okay. If if you were in the media and you had to vote for Bonds, how would your I guess your opinion or view of him be any different? Um, for me, you know, I'm gonna call balls and strikes. You know, I'm gonna call the facts. You know, as you mentioned, 
you know, uh, his home runs versus steals, you know, uh, you know, stuff that we can't deny. Um, you know, I, I just have to call it how I see it. And, you know, uh, absolutely. He did, he did take it to court or whatever. They did not find him guilty. So I can't, you know, I can't nail this man to the cross and say, yeah, he's a steroid user because I have no proof. I, I That's a great point you, you made because unlike A-Rod, Barry didn't actually technically fail a test. It's, I mean, yes, he does a lot of speculation, and, and I get all that. Do I think that Barry did something? It's debatable. I'll put it like that. It's debatable. But to me, it's, it's really not a factor as far as the Hall of Fame because, to me, if you look at the numbers, I think he's the first ballot Hall of Famer even before all of that. His, his – I mean, his talent is just is just unbelievable. And the guy chokes – imagine that. He chokes up on the bat when he hits. That's just unbelievable talent. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Agree. So I think at this time uh, – it's been a while since I followed baseball, but uh, I believe they just had the voting not too long ago. Is he eligible or is it, was this the last scroll? All right. What happened is he, he won't get it traditionally where – he would get 75% of the vote, kind of like Derek Jeter and Mo. That 10-year window is over. The only way he can okay. actually get in now is if the veterans community basically vote him in, which is not impossible, but it's less likely. It's, it's less likely. That's, that's, where, that's where he's at. And I hope he does get it. It's not, it's not a no, a definite no, but it would take more people. It would take basically less people to kind of stand together to vote him in, which is yeah. kind of a situation where it's, it's not as easy. What What are your thoughts on, on his, James, what are your thoughts on Barry maybe getting in through the veterans community? Uh, I agree with you. Uh, it, 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 it gets, it's, it gets tough. Uh, but then again, but then again, you know, uh, my, my gripe with the, the voting for the hall of fame is writers. You know, I, I don't. Yeah. I don't believe. I, I don't believe the media writers should be voting. I think. I think you have. You should have a panel of ex-major leaguers, current major leaguers, coaches, and Hall of Famers. You know that that all have a vote um, to vote guys into that fraternity. So I think he may have a better chance because that's who will be voting to get him in. Would be the veterans of the Hall of Fame. You know, uh, people that are in that you know, that played or coached or, you know, what, ha- you know, what have you. So, um, so in my opinion, I think that, that might, he may have probably his best chance going this route right here. Right. Now, with these guys that, yeah. oh, sorry. No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, with these guys that are tied to this era, do you have to look at it on a case-by-case situation? Or because it seems like all these guys are putting them pool and judged together as opposed to case by case. That's a great point. I personally would think you would have to look at them on a case by case basis. I don't think you could kind of lump them all in and lump their stats in and say, okay, they all should get in. I think you do have to look at it case by case. Point, point example is, is A-Rod who failed two tests and corrupted into the investigation on him. So I think everybody's case by case. What are your thoughts, James, on that? Well, it, it, it is a case by case because you got guys like Piazza and Bagwell that are in. They 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 were they were the same uh, you know time frame basically, and you know uh, you know so 
again, not uh, these are all speculations, but I mean, you know, you look at you look at Bagwell like when he first came up with the Red Sox and then got traded to Houston, and how he looked, you know, you know, at the end of his career at Piazza, you know, in L.A. to New York, um, you know, uh, again. Uh, uh, you know their their names are always linked. Never failed the test, which that's you know like like Angelo said, Bonds never failed a test either. So what's mm-hmm. what's the problem here? You know that's the problem. Yeah, yep. yeah, I agree. So I, I, I think I think it's just I think it's just bias of uh, the media that like them. You know, it's it's the same with uh, Rafael Palmero. You know, he waved his finger at Congress. Well. He he came across and he 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 was a, a failure of a test, and so that was it. He, he basically signed his fate with that wagging of the finger at Congress when he said he he did not do steroids. Yeah, you're right about that. That's a great point. So, what are your thoughts on 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 Barry specifically? Barry, you think it's more than just the media not liking him? I think that's that's all it is. I think if I think if you if you put the vote if you took uh, you, you just gathered up I would say 500 major leaguers ex major leaguers coaches and stuff like that and he needed 75 percent of of those 500 I bet he gets them of players guys that he played with guys that he played against yeah he wasn't the nicest guy in the world at times like you said you know he had his days but you know the the you know or you know what take the names off the stats. Say okay, this this guy, we're just going to call him number three on the list. These were his numbers. Is he a Hall of Famer? And yeah. if you if you if you do that, uh, does the guy become a Hall of Famer? No, there you go. Hey, excellent point, James. Thank you for mentioning that. Because you do that, then you you tax the name, then you have the bias. Now you take the name yep. away, then you have to you have to base it on the facts. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, absolutely, and. You know, I would love for Barrett to to come on our show and and talk more about it. I think he should because I know he's trying to play his politics and not really get into the mix and talk about it much in the media or publicly. But I think he should just voice his opinion of what he thinks about, hey, you didn't get voted in 10 years straight. I think you deserve to be in. Me, me and Alan, I think he deserves to be in. I've, I've said a long time ago, like, Hey, my my feeling has never wavered. Like, I I don't know. A lot of people can't do this. They cannot like someone, and then they hold that against them when they should be looking at numbers. I'm the type of person that I may love you. My dad used to always tell me this, Alan. He used to always say this. I remember this quote: "Alan, give credit where credit is due." He used to always say it. Give credit where credit is due. Whether you love the person or loathe them. Give them credit where credit is due. If somebody's great at something, don't take that accomplishment away from them, whether you like them or you hate them. And whether your feelings about Barry is that he's not the nice guy, he is the nice guy, whatever that is, I don't think you could hold that against what he did on the field. You're there to vote. Is he a Hall of Famer or not? That's the bottom line. The yep, bottom line. That's it. it was like, again, take the – Take take the name off the uh, stats, and you tell me if the stats are a Hall of Famer. You know, twenty nine hundred hits for seven hundred or seven hundred sixty two home runs, almost two thousand RBIs. You know, I mean, yeah, it's it's five hundred steals. What, what do you five hundred steals? Like, didn't he have? Doesn't he have like twenty five hundred walks? Isn't that like? Doesn't he have the record most walks? Uh, you know, as well. 
thousand. I think he's got like a thousand more yeah, walks. Than right. He has both walks as well. I think you're right about the walks. Yep. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean that, that was that was at the end. That was at the end of his career when nobody wanted to face him. But you know, all those intentional walks. But you know, that, but that's that's just fear. The, the people feared him. Yeah, I th- I think Barry was a Hall of Famer before he even got to 600. Anybody who they are, 500 home runs, 500 steals, they'd be saying this guy's phenomenal. But they're not saying that about Barry. But that to me is a stat that I would check that box in a heartbeat. Because no one else yep. has done that. Like, if you take 200-something home runs off, this guy still is a Hall of Famer. It's just unbelievable. I, I mean, Barry is just a – I've seen Barry play when he was – when he came here to Miami, when he was with San Francisco. And that guy just has a sweet swing. I mean, he was born to play baseball. There's just some people are just gifted. I mean, he works really hard, too. Don't get me wrong, but he has that natural ability. And – and he can compartmentalize at the plate and just don't matter what you say to him. Somebody was talking about his wife or what have you in that batter's box. He still hit a home run. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Yep. Yep. You, yeah. He, anything over the plate was a mistake to him, you know? <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, Which Barry is crazy. Bonds is steals. Well, Barry Bonds is steals. That's, I'm, I'm just guessing. I don't know. I don't have no facts or stats in front of me. Does that put him up there with like Ricky Henderson? He 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 didn't pass Ricky Henderson on that, but it's it's Ricky Henderson like to have that amount of steals for a guy with all those home runs. I mean that's yeah. just unheard of. And you know over the last I guess three to four years, three to five years of his career, he didn't steal as much, which is understandable. But he, he, it yeah. didn't matter at that point because to me that number is staggering, and I just hope that they review it, the Veterans Committee. And get him in. I think Barry Bonds a Hall of Famer. I think Roger Clemens is a Hall of Famer. To to, to James's point, I I really do believe that. I think um, they should get him in. One guy that I wanted to ask you guys' opinion on, who you just saw the other day uh, last week, was Lou Pinella. Do you think Pinella is a Hall of Famer as a manager? Of course, I had to clarify that as a manager. Yes, without a doubt. Without a doubt, as a man, as a manager, he's a Hall of Famer, you know. And but you you give him the you you put together his whole life's work. What he he I think he was in Major League Baseball forty one years, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, twenty three managing and eighteen playing. He's won three three World Series. He was Rookie of the Year. He won th- uh, three uh, Managers of the Year. He's like the sixteenth most wins in in the in the history of baseball as a manager. Yeah, he's a Hall of Famer. Without a doubt, why why it's not happened yet is beyond me. Yeah, yeah, I agree, and and I got to thank Lou Pinella because he did do our interview with me, exclusive interview with me earlier today. I got to thank Lou Pinella for doing that nice. at a at a at a golf course, and and he brought up those points, and I I, I even asked him because I knew that some of the people were gonna bring up some of the negativity. I said, what about the, the one World Series? You know, a lot of people would say that since you've been in the league so long, you should have multiple ones. And he said, Bobby Cox only has one World Series. It's not that easy to get there, and it's not that easy to win one. Yeah, I mean, you know, that it, it all has to come together. I mean, you know, the, the, the problem is it's – he, he not the problem. He has one, so somebody's like, "Well, he should have more." Well, if he had none, somebody would say, "Well, he should have at least one." Well, he has one. Well, now they <laughs> yeah. want him to have two. 
You know, I mean, it's never enough. You know, he has one. He has, a, he, you know, 1,800-plus wins. He's over 500, you know, as, as a, a manager. Uh, you know, again, I, I just – I, I think it's a kind of I, I think it's a no brainer that he is uh, a Hall of Famer, and it's kind of silly he's not. Yeah, and yet. and and that's the the that's what we're trying to do on the Allen and Aaron Sports Radio Show is bring awareness to that that he just missed it by one vote in the Veterans Committee, so he could have got in this way, just like we're hoping that Barry Bonds gets in, and next well this year later this year they're going to vote again, so hopefully we'll turn that one vote into a yes. So he does get in. We're really pushing to help Lou get in because we believe he should be a Hall of Famer as well as Barry. And I, I, I think Roger, I think Pete Rose should be a Hall of Famer. I think he served his penalty already. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just like we said, I, you know, it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense that, you know, the, all these other people have done, have done things and, uh, you know, uh, just, uh, they get slaps on the hand. They get suspended for a little, little bit. And Pete is uh, they 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 ban him for life. Yeah, that's that's not yeah. a that's not a life banning thing. I mean, he didn't he didn't take out his family. He didn't you know he he didn't you know he wasn't betting to lose you know and 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 you know bringing in you know bad situations for his team you know. So I, I don't I don't. I don't know. I, you know, this sometimes I get, you know, I, enough's enough, you know, put them in, put them in. That's it. Yeah. Even people go to and get the right, get the right screen stored, you know, after years, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So you think he should be in too, is that Angela? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. He served his time, you know, uh, I, I don't know if this is, uh, I don't know what that guy's name is Buzz Siegel or whatever his name is. He just has something against him. I don't know. But, yeah, he deserves to be in there. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think, hey, we we give people second chances in life. And, you know, definitely Pete would admit he's made a lot of mistakes. But I definitely do think it depreciates the Hall of Fame when you don't let some of these guys in. He served his penalty. And not only that, you let Pete Rose be the analyst during the World Series games. If you're going to let him do that, you must have just put him in a Hall of Fame. I mean, come on. You, Hall of Fame, you're yeah. Him, yeah, you're you're getting his opinion during the World Series, and you did that for multiple seasons. If you're going to do that to me, you might as well put him in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Hey, Dangle, that carrot in front of you. That's cold-blooded. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's right. That's about as cold-blooded as it is. I would let you be connected to the yeah. game. Get your opinion during during the the World Series where, you know, you would know what to do next because you played in a World Series. You, If anybody would have any strategy to know, Pete Rose would know it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. But, yeah, guys, but definitely. Um, well, I, I, I tell you what, there's, I, I'm not, I don't want to keep this going. I know you got a schedule to stay on, Ellen. I, I, Fred McGriff is another one. I, I'm, I'm flabbergasted at why the crime dog's not in. Oh, man. The well, that's, a whole other, that's a whole other show. <laughs> yeah, so we'll definitely talk about the crime dog, and we'll get your opinion on him next next Friday, and we'll talk about the crime dog. That's a great point. And you know what? We'll have Aaron back on the show next Friday. He's a big-time Atlanta fan, so he'll be able to talk more about it too. So we'll get 
your opinion on the crime dog. And and also, Angelo, you're always welcome to call the show again, too, to give us your opinion. If you know Barry Bonds, tell Barry we want to have him on the show. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, unfortunately, I don't. Barry, we need you, bro. We need you. <laughs> Come on, yeah, Barry, call you. in. <laughs> call in, Barry. That's right. <laughs> yeah. But we appreciate you both, and thank you so much for calling in, the Allen and Aaron Sports Creator Show. Really appreciate both of your opinions, some strong comments, some strong opinions. We love it. And definitely we hope you both have a great weekend. Thank you. Oh, man, I I, uh, thank you very much for having me. You're welcome. Yeah, I appreciate it. No problem at all. Always welcome. Alan, we'll, we'll talk. Have a good weekend. We'll talk during the week. All right. Yep, take care, Alan. See you, Jay. Have a good one. Angela, take care. All right. You too, buddy. Bye-bye. Yeah, so we had some great callers there. We had James. Really appreciate him calling in and Alan and Aaron Sports Creator Show being a special guest. And we had Angelo call in, too. So definitely that's what we love here at the Allen and Aaron Sports Creator Show, getting, you know, people to call in and give us what their thoughts are. You don't have to agree with us. You can disagree, but you still love here at the Allen and Aaron Sports Creator Show. No hard feelings. And just save the number if you ever want to call in either today or next week. It's 516 516- 418-5572. Again, it's 516-418-5572. Definitely a, a great show we're having here on the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. And, yeah, definitely the Hall of Fame is something that uh, we're going to keep you posted with. We're going to keep sharing and letting people know that Lou is just that, that close away from getting it. When I looked into the numbers, which I wanted to give you my thoughts on that, I think Lou Pinella absolutely is a Hall of Famer. I looked at it as objectively as I could leading up until the interview to see what my opinion would be, but also to look into the numbers of, hey, is Lou a Hall of Famer? And it was an interesting question because he played for, as as James mentioned, 18 years, and he managed for 23 years. So he's had some great success as a player, and he's also had tremendous amount of success as a coach. And when I looked at it, I analyzed it, I said, you know, this he's definitely a Hall of Famer. And when you look at the win percentage, his win percentage is 517. That win percentage is better than a lot of guys that are already in the Hall of Fame. And that win percentage is actually better than some of the guys that are coming up who they say are going to be ahead of Lou. Well, Lou has a better win percentage than, than, than those guys that are coming up. I don't want to mention names because I don't want to knock them. You have to look into it yourself. But, yes, that was the point that a lot of people had. Lou has a better win percentage than them by not just a little bit, but 0.10%. And not only that, the thing about Lou that hurt his numbers was when he actually came to the Rays. This is not the Rays the way they are now where they're very competitive, where they have a good shot of winning the AL East. The Rays have had a very, very outstanding team over the last, you can almost say, decade. They've put on a very good product on the field. But this is prior to that, where they had, you know, just about 90-plus losses. And, you know, Lou was the manager. And he had a couple of really poor losing seasons. Even though they did better, they didn't do well enough to, you know, make the postseason or anything like that. They would definitely improve, but they had such a small payroll, $22 million, it was kind of like how they were, and they still had the name, the Devil Rays. When they changed the name, just the Rays, 
believe me, you things change for the Tampa Bay Rays. But to the point that I'm trying to make is that by him just taking the job for the Rays from a career standpoint, statistical standpoint, it hurt his numbers. His win percentage is where it really hurt. And also his loss and wins. But even with that, he still has a better win percentage than a lot of guys that are in the Hall of Fame. The other point was the antics. You know, when I spoke to Lou, you could watch that interview on YouTube. You can watch it right on our Facebook page. Lou does say, you know, he coupled, in his defense, he did say that George Steinbrenner, the late great John Steinbrenner, wanted to make the headlines, wanted to make the page. So when Lou actually did these antics, George, his boss, who was the owner, loved it. He said, that's what Lou said, that he was instructed that I want to be on the front and the back page of the paper. You want to be on the front page and the back page of the post, and I'm taking it, taking it from somebody who's from New York, unless it's something really serious that happened, you have to bring some type of drama. And Lou was, was definitely drama on the field as far as the antics. So, you know, he, he, he said that if he could do it again, he probably wouldn't have went as as outlandish as he did, he probably would have reserved it a bit some. But even with that, he only got actually thrown out 63 times out of his whole career as a manager, 23 years. When you compare that to Bobby Cox, Bobby Cox has gotten thrown out 161 times. So 161, I believe that's a number, but it's nearly quite close to 100 times more. And Bobby Cox is in the Hall of Fame with one World Series. One World Series is what Lou Pinella has too. But Lou Pinella also does have three manager of the year awards, which is very difficult to get. You know, he got three of them. So when you look at that, the World Series win, the body of work, the win percentage, even when you look at, you know, the, the years he had in Tampa Bay, when you combine all that, to me, Lou is a Hall of Famer, and as James mentioned, there were 16 on the list as far as wins. I hope that he gets that one vote. He missed it by one vote to get in a Veterans Club, Veterans Way. I hope he gets that vote. We're going to keep you up to date on the story. We're going to keep sharing that interview. We're going to keep staying in touch with Lou so he'll come and join the show again. And you know what? I believe Lou here at the Allen and Aaron Sports Radio Show is a Hall of Famer. If you're connected to Hall of Fame, please reconsider and get Lou into the Hall of Fame. So having said that, we're going to switch gears now. We're going to go from Major League Baseball and talk a little football now. We're going to talk a little football. NFL news, you know, one of the big news that happened this week right here in the Tampa Bay area is that Bruce Arians is now, you know, he stepped down as a head coach. I know a lot of people say you know, I don't like to use the word fire or quit. He stepped down as the head coach to take the front off position, which allowed an opening for the head coach position. Todd Bowles got promoted to that position. So congratulations to Todd Bowles becoming the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, well-deserved and I'm so glad that he got that, that job, Todd Bowles. He's, he's phenomenal, and he's a great coach, well-deserving of it. You know, what ended up happening is uh, this was not a decision that was going to 
a decision made quickly. They thought about this move. Bruce did mention to the front office that he was going to step down. I watched some of Todd Boulder's press conference. It was a team effort. The Glaciers appointed it. So I, the reason why I bring this up is because a lot of times when it comes to NFL coaches and black coaches, they try to say, oh, it was just a numbers thing, you know, affirmative action. No, it was not affirmative action. Todd Bowles was somebody they had thought about the position. He was somebody who was a very good candidate to go to another team. I'm so glad it worked out that he's able to stay here with the Bucks. And why that's such a big move is because Bruce is still connected to the Bucks and the front office, but this also keeps Tom Brady happy. A lot of people may say, why is that important? Well, I look at Tom Brady coming back this year. I'm not even looking past this year. I, regardless of what, whether Tom wins the Super Bowl, which I, I believe he has a very good shot of doing that, I, I'm not looking past this year when it comes to Tom Brady as far as him playing. I would love for him to play again some more, but I just, you know what, I, I know that that clock is starting to wind down. And it's not that he can't perform. I just think, you know, you just reach a point where you just want to do other things in life. And, and I'm glad, I'm very ecstatic that Tom Brady decided to come back for another year. I'm looking as an appreciation and a blessing he's going to be here for a year. I can't really look past that. But this makes Tom Brady comfortable. He's very, he's, you know, he takes a lot of, of the play calls and a lot of the information already is passed through Todd Bowles already. So it's not going to be a big change for Tom Brady in that regard. If anything, it's, it's kind of like a, a little bit of a positive change of pace. You know, Bruce can sometimes ride you a little bit in the media. I don't think Todd Bowles will do that quite as much as Bruce would. But, hey, congratulations to Todd Bowles getting the job. So glad he did. And he deserves it. So kudos to him. We got a new head coach. It was a bit of a surprise. I, I thought that Bruce was going to give it, you know, at least be the coach for one more year because of the fact that Tom is back. But, you know, he he wanted to take another role, and so enough he did. So it led to an opportunity for Todd Bowles. In other NFL news, another thing that's going to be happening is that Colin Kaepernick is going to be the honorary for the Michigan uh, football team. I'm not sorry, the Michigan college Michigan football team. He's going to be the honorary captain of the day. And basically he's going to give him a Jersey and give him a nice ceremony. And you know what? This is nice. That's nice for, for Colin Kaepernick to get, you know, a day kind of like a day in, in the limelight in a positive note. And you can almost see when he had the Michigan Jersey in his hand, I can almost read his body language that he so needed that affirmation. Like, you know what? Somebody's actually being nice to me. And good for Colin because, you know, I think teams should not really play games with Colin at this point. If you're serious about bringing him in, send somebody to the workout, watch the workout, or at least watch the tape that he sends you, and make a determination. I, I don't think you should go down there and try to fish to see if he's, if he's really good just for fishing, just to say you sent somebody down there. If you're really interested, go ahead and check. If you're not really interested, don't bother. It's kind of like going to the dealership. If you're not really interested in getting a car, regardless of what car is in front of you, you shouldn't be at the dealership. If, you have, if you're ready to buy a car and you're interested in getting a vehicle, it's just a matter of finding the right vehicle or, or specific that you want, 
and then you check it, that's fine. But don't go there with just an intent of just checking. Go there with the intent to buy and then go from there. Because I think Colin doesn't need you to go ahead and just kick the tires. So I hope Colin Kaepernick gets an opportunity to come back into the league. I'm one of those people who always feel as if if you've done right, you haven't done anything where you hurt a business in a way, in a negative way, you deserve an opportunity. So has Colin Kaepernick made some mistakes along the way? Yes, he has. But I think, you know, he served his penalty. If he thinks he can help him, bring him in and see what he does. So I hope Colin Kaepernick gets an opportunity. I hope he does in the NFL again. It's to be determined. But if if he doesn't get an opportunity this year, I don't know about there going to be an opportunity after this. I think this is the best year for him as far as openings and as far as opportunity, as far as need throughout the league. I, I would like to see him get a job filled. So having said that, you know, best wishes to Colin Kaepernick and his and also congratulations on his honorary day. If Colin Kaepernick is listening, please give us a call on the Allen Aaron Sports Radio Show. We'd love to hear, get an update of what's going on with you. Uh, I did see a lot of the workouts. I've been following them, but a lot of them are in Arizona. There was one, I guess the close one was in Atlanta. I'm hoping that I can find one in advance that's somewhere here in the Tampa Bay area where I can go check it out, run over there and see what you got to say. And definitely I'm hoping I've got my eyes open, but I haven't seen one in this area. So I'll keep, I'll keep hopeful for that. And in, in boxing news, uh, we got a a lot that has actually happened. Unfortunately, this is a real shock to me, but, from all intents and purposes, I'm confirming it now, but it does seem as if the Spence and Ugas fight, based on what I'm seeing, is that it's that uh, Spence is pulling out. Spence is pulling out of the fight, and it's it's going to be a situation where it, it's not going to go down, and that's kind of a shock because they didn't say the reason, but it, it to me it. it I hate to speculate, but it, it leads to me to believe that it has to be something with his eye. It has to be because I don't see why he just had the he just had the workout. He looked very sharp in the media workout. He definitely was was on point. The media workout was just the other day, and it, it's it's. From all intents and purposes, I'm getting confirmation right now as we speak. But let me do that. Let me go ahead and um, let me go ahead and chime in and get that information. Give me one moment. Welcome to the Allen and Eric Radio Show. Hey, what's up, Allen? This is Angelo again. Hey, how you been? Oh man, all is well. How you holding up? I'm doing great. Thank you for thank you for asking. Thank you for calling back in. Appreciate it. Oh yeah, Def. Yeah, I was just sitting there listening. You know, um, Earl Spence Jr. I just after the whole car accident and you know the whole eye situation. I don't mean just my personal opinion. I don't think he's at a hundred percent. Yeah, I agree because I I saw that like earlier today, right before I was going to jump on online, and 
I agree with you. It had to be something in that area where he's just not 100% because it doesn't make sense. You think he's still having mm-hmm. eye injuries? Oh, yeah, definitely. I think that uh, even when it comes to the eye, you know, the, you know, even the front of the eye or behind the eye, you just never know nerves. I think personally, I think there's still something going on. Uh, and for him, if it is, for him to jump in that ring, you know, it could be put himself in a position where he could be blind for the rest of his life, and it wouldn't make sense. You know? Yeah, I, mean, I yeah. agree with you. Yeah, I agree with you. It has to be something in that regard because in the media workout, he looks so good. He looks so sharp. It had to be something where medically they gave a report that he probably was not going to pass this fight physically because of the eye or because of some other issues with the accident. But it has to be that. I totally agree with you. Yeah. So, let's say, well, as of right now, let's say he does pull out. Who's the replacement? Against Ugas? I, you know what? Ugas is one of those guys that I would be, if I was one of the welterweights, I'd be a little bit scared to fight him. I mean, not scared like oh, yeah. like you're going to get hurt, but he's a tall welterweight. He's not, gonna, he's not that easy of a guy to beat. No, no. And he's tall and, he, and he's straightforward. You know, he ain't doing any dancing and, you know, uh, as far as moving around, running around, he's a straightforward type of person. I, I totally agree with you, Angela. I just think I think if somebody's going to fight him, you better be prepared because if you're not, he's going to win that fight. I mean, I know a lot of people underestimate him, but I've I've seen Ugas and he's getting better and better and better, and he's he's got that height advantage. He's very unorthodox as far as the height. You know, you could be very good, but if if somebody like Ugas who does have a very good jab and is tall and can keep you from getting in the inside, he can beat you all day long. Uh-huh. Yes, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Who, absolutely. Do you, who do you think has a good shot at this point of, of maybe beating Ugas? You know, I was looking at a, a couple of clips last night on YouTube. I was watching uh, Ugas and uh, Deshaun Porter. I yeah. think that Terrence Crawford will – or Bud Crawford – will be probably a prime candidate. Um, I, as of right now, I, I would have to go with Bud Crawford. Would have to. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. His speed and quickness, I feel as if, if there's anybody that can actually kind of faint and get in there, would be Bud. But outside of him, I don't see anybody else beating Ugas. I just don't. I don't. Maybe Spence. No, not if he's 100%, maybe Spence. If he's 100%. But if he's not 100%, I don't even think Spence would beat him. Hey, to be honest with you, if, if I was I was in the thing, I see you no know, April 16th come. I said I think you just would have stopped him probably in the later rounds uh, because Spence uh, uh, had eye issues. I had him being stopped in the uh, eighth, and I love Spence. I had him being stopped in the eighth or the ninth round due to eye issues. Oh wow! So you had him. If this fight would have went on, you think this would have been the first loss to Spence then? Absolutely, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and I love Spence. You know, I, I lived in Dallas for 15 years. I watched Spence from day one. Uh, you know, I ride or die with him. But watching you guys, that dude's powerful. Yeah, and, you know, it only, only takes a couple of headshots, and then there you go, you know. You're absolutely right. And if you have an eye that's, you know, just had surgically repaired, I, you know, that that's, that's a scary situation. And so you, you think um, – it, 
I know Spence hasn't given the reason, but you could read between the lines. You think it's something with his health. Yeah, absolutely. That's the only thing it's I not personal reason. Uh, no, no, I think it's health issues. Because, you know, you uh, think- Spence has a heart of a lion. He ain't backing down from anything. Uh, I think he pulled out of the Pacquiao fight due to uh, – I can't – did he pull out of the Pacquiao fight or did Pac pull out? I, I think, I think, believe it or not, Spence, I think, got a little bit of cold feet. I think okay. – th- what I think is this. I think Spence gave Pacquiao so much respect and, mm-hmm. and, and that he kind of missed an opportunity because Pacquiao that yeah. fought Ugas wasn't the Pacquiao that we know, so to speak. You know, he was, you could tell that he was a little bit past his prime at that point. Not to take anything away from Ugas, but I think that, that version of Pacquiao would have lost to Spence pretty easily. And I think Spence was like, you know what? I should have taken – I shouldn't have let fear overtake me. I should have just taken the fight. Mm, so a confidence issue then? I think it was a confidence issue. I, that's what I think it was. Yeah. I think I, – I think on that – because Spence has never taken on – a really, really top competitor like a, a Pacquiao, a Bud Crawford, you know, no, somebody of no. that caliber. So I think I think it was one of those things where he kind of got cold feet. That's what I honestly think. Mm-hmm. He got cold hey, feet. Sometimes you have to jump out there, man, and just prove who you are. Win, lose, or draw. Just prove who you are. I agree. I don't know why these guys get so caught up on this. Okay, it's nice to have a perfect record. I get that. But yeah. you know what? If you take a loss being a warrior and you do your best, you can get better from that. Like, what are your thoughts on that? What guys are so protective of their having a uh, perfect record? Man, I think it's nonsense. You know, the oh, oh, I'm trying to protect the oh, you know, and other ones like, oh, the oh must go. You know, and it's just like, you know, you look at the older fighters, like, you know, Marvin Hagler, Sugar Ray, and all them. Those cats fight each other three, four, five times a piece, you know? Uh, win, lose, or draw. You know, they got up, fought them, you know, a year or two later. You know, so they weren't afraid to fight each other. But these guys here, I don't know if it's the, the confidence of these fighters. You know, I hate to say this. I don't know if it's Al Heyman in the background. You know, I don't know. But, you, you know, know what? I'd like to see you guys fight each other, you know, so. I agree with you. I think it's a combination of both. I honestly do think that. I think they're so bent on not losing that perfect record. They put so much stock in that to the point where it hurts mm-hmm. them. And I think also mm-hmm. that's part of it. I think Al Heyman is part of it too, where, you know, he wants his cut. And some fighters, yeah. even oh, if yeah. they are undefeated, it's not, it's not going to guarantee that you're going to get paid big money if you mm-hmm. are undefeated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if you're, if you're undefeated know. and you're not fighting top competitors, a lot of people don't want to see that fight anyway. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to pay for it. Definitely not. No, I, you know, I've been to a lot of boxing matches, but I'm not going to pay top dollar for a good seat, you know, and you're fighting a, a Z-list uh, boxer. So. Exactly. I, you know, and I, I agree with you. I think, I think boxers need to stop protecting that. Oh, okay. Mayweather was undefeated, but I get that. But the same thing is like this. I do think that there is an opportunity that you're missing because you're trying to protect an O all the time. You understand? You got to mm-hmm. – a lot of times, like, to your point, a lot of the old-school boxers had losses, but because they were always fighting the top competitors, too. Fighting top competitors, yeah. Yeah, you, they were fighting the best. They didn't have – they had mandatories. They did not have options 
well, I'm going to fight the guy that's going to give me the most amount of money, the biggest, lowest risk, biggest reward. They didn't have that option back in the old school days. Hey, you know, you make a great point. I think that uh, comes to something you just said I just want to piggyback on. Maybe, you know, the WBC and all of them need to start first forcing these mandatories and, and make them I, fight. They're yeah, I agree. They're, They're professional. So you might as well fight. Yeah, to your point, that's that's a great point. Maybe they need to step in, put a little bit more pressure in them. Hey, you need to fight a top guy. Or if you, the guy's unavailable, you got to fight the next top guy. You can't fight somebody mm-hmm. way below your 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 level. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, one thing I will say that uh, over the years, you know, people say what they want about Don King. You know, I don't really agree with a lot of his tactics, but, you know, he put his fighters out there. He made sure, you know, he's going to put the best fight together so he can get top dollar. Exactly. You know, and Don King, to me, that's a perfect example you gave. And to your point, Don King is the reason why I think promoters are still needed in boxing because mm-hmm. he put together some great, great fights. I mean, you may not like Don King and his antics or what have you, but you know what? You never had this issue you have now where guys are just, you know, they're not fighting the best fighters. It takes so long for you mm-hmm. to make a fight. It's ridiculous. Yeah, one, two years uh, in between fights. Yeah, it's just, and then they have to have a tune-up fight, and then from there is another six to eight months before they fight. So now you're about two, two and a half years before you even get a fight. Exactly. And then and then just <laughs> just imagine if somebody gets injured during sparring or something. Forget it then. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, man, someone gets injured during mm-hmm. sparring. They, sp- they pull an ankle. They do something. You can forget it then. The fight's going to be like three years in the making. Oh, yeah, definitely. And definitely <laughs> at that time, nobody really wants to see it because they kind of forgot about it. And then, oh, they were past their prime and this, that, and the third. Yeah, I think it's unfair to us, you know. So I think that, you know, WBC, WBA need to step in and start forcing these mandatories, kind of like they do the heavyweights. And then uh, yeah, hopefully, you know, they can turn the boxing, boxing around because if not, everybody's going to turn their eyes to the UFC, you know, because Dana White don't have no problem putting together a match. You're absolutely right. To your point, that's exactly right. I mean, I get to give him credit because he puts all he does the he's the opposite of boxing. He puts together mm-hmm. the best fights all the time. Whereas boxing fans mm-hmm. are like, okay, when are you going to fight this person? Well, we don't know yet. We're checking into this. It's it's always a story, always an excuse or a story. It's a story, yeah, yeah. Oh, let me ask you this. Um, let me ask you this. So I hear about these, you know, these kids that come out of amateurs, and then when they come into pros, they have like 200. They're like 150 and five. Like where are the, like where are they doing all these fighters? Is it like in Golden Gloves or, you know, amateurs? You know, are they fighting that often, like every other month, to where they have a record of 150 and four and all that? Yeah, it's it's a total different ball game. They're fighting, you know, every other month. They're fighting in much okay. smaller venues where you don't, you don't really get the TV exposure, but they are getting work in. They are fighting. So they, they're fighting, you know, usually to get with a promoter, they'll have a fight card once a month, a month and a half. They'll fight in a year, five, six times in a year. So it, it mm-hmm. adds up. And mm-hmm. they get a lot of experience that way. And, yeah, they may not be nationally known, but you know what? They're getting their rounds in. They're getting work in. But it's, I mean, look how long we've waited for, I mean, I know Spence is is pulling out his fight, but look how long we waited for this fight to come about. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then it's canceled. So, yeah. and since you're from the Dallas area, what do you think is, is Spence's future at this point? You know what? Uh, well, first things first, you know, you got to take care of your health. Uh, you know, once you get your health together and the doctor clears you, um, at that point I say, hey, you know what, let me get back in here. Because if this is your bread and butter, this is what your family survives on, you're going to need a, you're going to need a couple more fights and a couple more wins to at least come cement your legacy, you know, moving forward. Um, I would hope that if it is a health issue, once he gets cleared, that uh, he's like, you know what, there's no host bar, I'm going to fight whoever's in front of me, whether it be Yugis or uh, Bud or fighting, you know, jumping up to 154, fighting Chalo, or whoever it is, you know, uh, to see man his career, make the most money he can, and then, you know, then retire. Yeah, that's a great point. So definitely your health comes first. Your health is your wealth. I hope he yeah. gets healthy. Ready? He gets healthy. That's number one. You know, like um, Mayweather said, if you ain't got your health, then it don't matter how much money you have. And I agree with that. I totally agree with that. Oh, yeah. Oh, and Mayweather, uh, he's an advocate of, you know, uh, protecting his health. And, you know, you may love love Mayweather or hate him. I agree with him. you got to take care of your health. I mean, that's number one yeah. because, you know, the only person that cares much about your health, is it should be you. And you, that's yeah. right. But to uh, your Mayweather point. Mayweather said something recently uh, about Margarito having no cemented gloves or cemented uh, wraps. That he said, if you would have jumped in a uh, ring with him and got hurt, that could have ended his career. And he said, this is what my <laughs> yeah. family, you know, time for for my family. Exactly. And somebody's got cement for 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 hands. No, that's mm-hmm. right. I mean, he's absolutely right. You, know, you don't want to be reckless. You know, that's for sure. No, no. no yeah, not. so I agree with him on that. And but I I agree with you to your point. I think once Spence gets a hundred percent. He's going to have to jump in the, in the fire a little bit. If Ugas is not available, I think he he needs to step up and maybe take a fight with a, a Terrence Crawford. Win, lose, or draw. Because mm-hmm. you need to take the risk. I, and that's why I think Spence falls a little short. He's a, he's afraid of failure a little bit where it's hindering him. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, if you, like I said, if you lose, you lose. You know, you get back up, you fight another day. You know, forget that zero, man. Just go out there, fight the best fights, you know, cement your career. So at the end of the day, people will never say, oh, you duck and dodge so-and-so. Uh, you didn't fight the best. You're just cherry picking. You know, go out there, fight fight the best. So uh, your name's not uh, tied, to, tied to those who say you're ducking and so forth, you know. Yeah, that's a great point. And so at this point, you're, you're the way you view Spence. You would say he, he has the door open as far as people criticizing his career a little bit. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. As uh, soon as, you know, he was, let me be transparent, he was negligent, you know, driving drunk or whatever he was and got to the accident. That opened himself up. Yeah. And I, was, and, I mean, you know, opened yourself right. up for criticism and you got to take it. You know, you put yourself in that position. So now it's like, okay, since his accident, how many fights have you had since his accident? And what quality fights have you had, you know? You can only fight so many uh, 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 Garcias and, you know, this, that, and the fourth. You know, you're going to have to fight some Lions moving forward. So if you're not willing to do that, then what's the point of boxing? 
Yeah, I, I totally agree with you, and, and that's that's right. I mean, Danny Garcia is a very good boxer. Don't get me wrong; he's he's mm-hmm. he's got skills, but he's he's not Bud Crawford. He's he's not no. Pacquiao. What Pacquiao was when Spence had the opportunity to fight him, he wasn't. You know what I mean? Spence had an opportunity to fight him at a very good Pacquiao, and he kind of hemmed and hawed around it. Even Keith Thurman, he had a chance to fight Keith Thurman, and and it yeah. didn't go to fruition. Like. You can't you can't like make an excuse for everybody. No. But I'm so glad you said that because, you know, I, I definitely would love to have Errol Spence come on the show, and somebody who's, oh, a, yeah. who's a Texas native. I was thinking the same thing. Like, you know, Spence, you, you got to fight somebody who's up here. Like, forget about the old thing. Hey, you got to fight a lion, mm-hmm. man. No one's gonna say that you're the best just because you have an old record and you haven't fought some of the best guys out there. Mm-hmm. What do you thought th- th- about that where somebody is undefeated, but they haven't really fought the best of the best? Yeah, it's, uh, you're just, to me, you're just an average boxer, <laughs> you know, who have you fought, you know? Uh, now, if he, let's say he, he cleans out his division, excluding, you know, Yugas and uh, Crawford. I'm like, okay, he fought some, you know, he has some good fights. He fought some okay people. What's next? Jump up to 154. You know, test your, you know, test yourself with Chalo. Yeah. You know, because yeah. they probably, they probably fought the amateurs. That'd be the only way that, you know, he can keep his name, you know, in the pound for pound. You know, you got, you got to fight with somebody to keep his name in the pound for pound. If you don't, then you're just, uh, just another boxer. Yeah, that's well said. And, um, you know, so, you know, <laughs> I'm glad you said it because, you know, I feel as if the opportunity is going to come to fruition where I'm going to get a chance to ask Spence these questions. And and I don't want him thinking that because I'm, I'm, you know, based in Florida that I'm hating on a guy in Texas, and that's not the case. Oh, no, by no means. By no yeah, you've got to fight the best. And, mm-hmm. and you almost could even put Crawford in that mix too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think what Crawford, um, with, when he was when he was being managed uh, over there by um, uh, I can't think of the guy's name. Yeah, yeah, top rank. Uh, Bob I Arrow. That, I don't think they had a stable. Yeah, Bob Arrow. I don't think they had a stable of fighters in his divisions for him to fight. You know, uh, as far as top contenders. Um, but oh. now that he's a, a free agent, you know, the opportunity. Well, he has the opportunity to fight the top. Top uh, top defenders, but I feel like nobody wants to fight him. And yeah. it's, not, it's not that they're scared of him, but you know, if Al Haven wants to make that fight, he can make that fight. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, we need to see Bud a little bit more active. I think Bud is is a mm-hmm. fantastic boxer too, but I just think mm-hmm. he needs to, he needs to fight some of the top competitors in his division. Don't get me wrong; he's very good, but he needs to fight in Ugas. You know, well, Spence, yeah. we don't know what's going to happen with him, but he needs to fight in Ugas. Even even a Keith Thurman. Get somebody who's up there. Up there, yeah. So uh, so right now, if you had to, to pick um, in any division, uh, Bud's next three fights, and they're willing to fight him, who would you pick? Who would the next three fights be if you had a chance to pick them? Now, assuming that Spence, you know, we don't know what's going on with him, but I would say Ugas. Yeah. Keith Thurman, mm-hmm. and and keep and you know what if 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 you beat those two guys and you get through them and I don't know what's going to happen with Spence, 
then go up ahead and do like you said, go up to 154 and fight Charlo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would love to see that fight. I would love to see Charlo and fight him. And Charlo said it, you know, he, he feels confident he could beat him. Well, I think Crawford would have a very good shot of winning that fight with his speed. I think I think with his boxing ability, I do think he would pose some problems with Charlo. And I and I really love Charlo. I was actually in the press conference with Charlo, but I, I think with the speed that Crawford has, he would give Charlo some problems. Problems, yeah. 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 Especially in the inside. I, absolutely. I agree with you. Especially on the inside. I think skill set wise, Crawford is is just so fast and quick and, and Charlo's very good, but he, he he's not as quick and fast of a boxer as, as Crawford. And I think he would have a lot of trouble with, with, with Terrence. Mm-hmm. Who do you think you wins? Think, uh, Terrence, uh, you think Terrence can drop weight and maybe, you know, go down to 140 and fight, you know, Haney and all them? You know what? If he went down to 140, if he's able to lose the weight and be at an okay, like, health-wise, it would be okay mm-hmm. with him. I think he wipes out everybody in that division, that 140. Oh, yeah. I think, I, really do. I, I, think, I think he does. I just think he wipes them all out. You know, I think Javante Davis, I think he's a very good boxer too, but I think Crawford is better. I think he beats Haiti. I think he, I definitely think he beats Cambosis. I think he wipes them all out. I really do. Yeah. What are your yeah, thoughts? That's the case. He has no place. He has no place but to go up. He has I, no I place to go up. I think he wipes out all 140. Yeah, I, I say fight the couple of guys left in the 147 range, then move up to fight Charlo, and that's basically that's all left for you. That's it. Yeah. But, yeah, Angelo, that's great. That's some great takes. I, I really appreciate it. And definitely we're going to try to get Crawford and Spence on the show, and we're going to get your feedback on those. And, and for sure. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, they, yeah. I, I would love for them to chime in and you know give me some wisdom and knowledge and you know speak to the situation and hey, definitely correct me. I have no problem with being corrected. Yeah, me too. That's right. <laughs> I have no problem being corrected at all. Hey, educate me. I know it's okay. <laughs> no, I I got thick thick skin, so it's not not gonna bother me at all. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, well, yeah. I appreciate you, man. It's been a pleasure. I gotta run, man. I thank you so much for having me on your show. Oh, I appreciate you taking time out of your day to call us. Please call us again and tremendously appreciate you and have a fantastic weekend. Okay. Right, you have a good weekend. Bye-bye. You just say, take care. Thank you for calling. All right. That's, Angelo, really appreciate him. Give us a call here on the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. Always a pleasure. Call us all the time you want. And then we have another call come in, actually. We have our good buddy Lou. Lou, how you been? All right, sorry I'm a little late. <laughs> That's all right, Lou. Hey, it's always a pleasure to hear from you. It doesn't matter whether you're coming in early or late. I'm really glad to hear from you. Right. How you been? Okay. Then you were mentioning about Crawford. Were you mentioning about Terrence Crawford by any chance? Terrence Crawford. That's right. Good fighter. Oh, yeah. He, Terrence Crawford is a sensational fighter. I, I just yeah. wish he was a bit more active. The only knock I have on him and Errol Spence is I just wish they would fight a bit yeah. more right now. Now, granted, if Errol Spence does have a health issue, he needs to take it at first. But Terrence, there is no health issue. He needs he needs to fight more. Well, you don't see that a lot now these days. You know, boxers fighting. You know, uh, kind of like that. It's not like back in the old days. You know, 
No, you're right. You're absolutely right. Nowadays, guys, they they just don't fight like they used to. They they fight maybe one or two times a year, if you're lucky. One or two, you know. Yeah. They don't fight much at all. You know, it's it's a shame, but you yeah. know, they don't really. Going back they don't Things have really changed, really changed. And um, and not always for the better. Not always for the better. You're absolutely right about that. That's a great point, that it's, sometimes it doesn't change for the better. I just wish so and many guys... And that was more competition from UFC and all that stuff. You know, it, uh, you know boxing's taking the back seat to that now. Yeah, I wish, uh, you know, Angelo, our prior caller, said the same thing, that that's the great thing about UFC is they always put together the best of the best. Whereas boxing, it's always an excuse, a long, drawn-out story. This happened, that happened. It's always a circle in a wagon, and it usually never happens. And if it does happen, it's way late that it should have happened two or three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Always something. But hopefully they'll put in the mandatories and that changes. I did want to let you know, Lou, something, too. We did have Lou Pinella as our guest earlier today. I did a speech of interview. Uh, we, I did exclusive interview with Lou at a private golf course, and Lou Pinella, oh. that is. And uh, he that, that was Lou Pinella's request, too. That was his request that I do it at oh. his, uh, at his uh, golf, golf and country club. You know, very, very beautiful area, million-dollar homes. It was really nice. And we did it in the, in the card room in the clubhouse. That interview is on Facebook and YouTube. But I did tell Lou Pinella that he, we would like to have him on our show, and he, he of course, said no problem at all. So we will have him again as a guest on our show, on the, the, the show that you're calling it now, regular scheduled time. So don't just worry. Tell me when. <laughs> just tell me Dang when. Just tell me when. Oh, we'll do. Just tell we'll me do. when. We'll do. Our goal is to, to try to put awareness to this and help Lou Pinella make it to the Hall of Fame. So I'll ask I've you that, always wanted you... to do an interview. Well, um, I was on a show not that um, some time ago, and um, I was part of the uh, Collins, and it was um, Michael Ruzioni was the guest. All right. Yes, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I will definitely. I'm like, yeah, and I said, like, why didn't he ever go pro? I'm like, you know, because he were a pro, he would have helped the Rangers that year a lot. Yeah. Because he'd be honest. But he said that it was that was what he planned to do. He wasn't going to go pro after he won the gold medal. And well, okay, but you would have been you would have been a great financial player. <laughs> At least I thought so. Yeah. So yeah. So I definitely will let you know about Lou Pinella. We'll have him as a guest on our show. I'll give you plenty of aware advance notice. You'll get a chance to talk to okay. Lou Pinella yourself. You're welcome. Great. Yeah, he's he's a great guy. Really cool. Really mm. cool. No, we're on Reggie though, huh? Mm. <laughs> yeah, no. No word on Reggie. So uh, definitely but, don't get Steinbrenner. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So Billy uh, Martin's I'm, ghost. I'm, oh, oh. So my question to you is: Do you think Lou Pinella is a Hall of Famer as a as of course a manager? I do, I do. I don't know why he's not even in the Hall of Fame. I mean, you know, there's 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 something wrong here. I mean, he was a great player and whatever. And 
they still won't let him in? I mean, you know, you can argue about, you know, with uh, Sosa, um, McGuire, and uh, Bonds, you know, not getting in, or Pete Rose not getting in because of his gambling scandal. Although, I don't know, that should be held against him. But remember, uh, gambling on sports is nothing new. Even back, it is. even back then, it wasn't, it wasn't new. No, you're absolutely right. It's, it's nothing new in, in gambling and sports. And so, you know, we had that, you know, that discussion earlier, but I wanted to get your thoughts on it. Do you think uh, they should at this point let Pete Rose in? Well, the committee's set in their ways. I mean, if it were up to me, I'd say let him in, but you know how this committee is. And they're like, nope, no way, never. Yeah, they, I mean, they, come they on, he didn't, do, like, he didn't shoot anybody. Like, he's not a convicted felon or nothing. So, you know, I think he got a little bit of slack. <laughs> yeah, I agree. These people are like, hey, you did the crime. We just throw away the key. You're not coming back. <laughs> you know, thank goodness we're not asking for mercy from them for something because we'd be begging for a long time to some deaf ears. Yeah. Yeah. It's unfortunate, but yeah, I would love to have Pete Pete on a show, and yeah, I I think he served his penalty, and enough is enough. Just put him in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, man, I have to put Tom McGraw in too. Yeah, and and I have a feeling that unfortunately with Pete, they'll probably will let him in. Unfortunately, I have a feeling that they're going to do it within five years of him passing, which is really. Kind of crappy, I was going but to say that. I was going to do it posthumously. Yeah, that's you know. I was always a firm believer. Always tell people how you feel while they're still around to hear your to get so you can get their response, not while they they're gone. I mean, that's just I, I don't get it. What good is that? Yeah, I mean, put them in the Hall of Fame. You know, if you're going to put them in, just go ahead and just do it. Just do it. Yeah, just take somebody and be bold and to say, hey, I made a decision. It is what it is. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, but that doesn't necessarily mean he made the right decision. I know, but he he's he served his penalties. And then not only that, you let him broadcast some of these right. World Series games. Like, if you're, not, if you're going to let a guy not have any connection to the Hall of Fame, you shouldn't have him be the analyst during the World Series, too, then. Come on. Yeah. If you're going to do that to me, you just put him in the Hall of Fame. But, yeah, Lou, so what do you got cooking on your show this weekend? Well, you know we're going to be doing the Final Four, of course. Um, we're going to do both men's and women's. I mean, equal time, equal doing, of course. You know, for, okay. for one. Um We'll do also the NFL free agent frenzy, which is still going on, of course. I will take care of that. Um, also discuss the new uh, playoff overtime rule, which I think is stupid. You know, I'm a fan. I don't know about what everybody thinks, but I am a fan of sudden death. So, uh, you know, that's going to be an argument tomorrow, but that's okay. And we're also going to discuss the uh, World Cup because, surprise, surprise, folks, the U.S. has qualified. That's right. Wow, okay. That's always... qualified for the World Cup. Ha-ha. <laughs> so for all That's you all... naysayers out there, yeah. Uh, we'll also do some uh, NBA and the um, NHL. And 
For you wrestling fans, I uh, think you know what tomorrow is, right? Yeah. What is tomorrow? WrestleMania. There you go. So you're getting the whole, so, the whole kabang there. Yeah. WrestleMania 2. I've got some, uh, I, you know, my co-host is a big wrestling fan, you know, so he's going to be you know, on the case with this. So we are going to cover that. And, of course, the uh, first game is tomorrow, the Final Four. That's going to be at 6 o'clock. Oh, great. Right in the middle of my show. Thanks a lot, fellas. You did it to me again. They always do this to me. So if you got yeah. time between 5 and 7 or a timeout during the game, uh, feel free to give the show a call at 512-543-4662. And, I'll, yes, I will take predictions uh, for the game tomorrow. And next week, uh, we're going to be start looking into the uh, that league. If you don't know wow. That's all awesome. that, right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Sounds like you have a great show. Yeah, do I dare say do I dare say it? Go ahead. Well, I guess I gotta spell it out. Don't I? I guess, yeah. Okay. U S F L. Okay. <laughs> there you go. So that's awesome. Yeah. You have a great show. April's going to be a very busy month in the sports world. You know, you have, the, you have the Final Four. You have the Masters next week. You have opening day of baseball getting underway. You got, world, you, got you know, um, USFL, like I said. Um, NBA playoffs start. So uh, it's going to be a lot. Yeah, that's right. It's going to be busy. Real busy month. And they say March was madness. Nope, nope. We, I think April's taking over. Oh, oh, I almost <laughs> forgot. The Boston Marathon. Good. Yeah, so you're getting, you're getting touching all the topics there. That's awesome. Take it from somebody who did New York twice. <laughs> yes. I did. That's... In my younger days. Awesome. Awesome. So, yeah, that's in remember, I'm not as, remember, I'm not as young as you think I am. <laughs> yeah. So that's the Enhanced Sports Show tomorrow, right. Saturday, between 5 and 7, Eastern Standard Time Zone. My friend Lou. Right. Always remember Lou. I go by Eastern Time. Eastern Time, that's right. Yeah, because and, I live on the East Coast, so. That's, that's exactly right. And the phone number is 512. Well, from all over the country, so. Yeah, that's the reason why you've got to make sure they know is Eastern Standard Time Zone. So that's Lou at 512 543 Four six six two, and it's five one two five four three four six six two. So make sure you support our friend Lou, and make sure right. you call so remember, in. Remember, it's always East Coast time, and remember, remember, it is national. That's right, and he'll get you on the show. So make sure you support our our friend Lou. Yeah, and hopefully I'll hear from you guys too. Yeah, so that I definitely should have time to, or tomorrow to give you a call. And we should yeah. be able to chat it up and have a good time. All right. So I hope to hear from you guys. All right. Beautiful. So definitely, Lou, we really appreciate you here on the Alan Aaron Sports Radio right. Show. Really appreciate you. And All right, Alan. Thanks. You're welcome. I hope you have a fantastic weekend. All right. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. Anytime. Thank you for calling, Lou. All right. So that's. Good buddy Lou, really appreciate him giving us a call here on the Alan and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. So, 
you know, a lot of shows have given their opinion on, you know, it's sports shows, that is, have given their opinion on what happened at the Oscars. So I kind of went back and forth with should I give my opinion on this, should I not? You know what? Since other shows have talked about it, I'm going to go ahead and give you my opinion. I did not comment on anybody's social media comment or anything. I read them all. I saw a bunch of them, both positive, negative. I did not give my opinion, so I'm going to go ahead and voice my opinion now. On the Will Smith Oscar debacle, let me just preface this first by saying that I really, really, really admire Will Smith. And I have his movie Hitch. I've watched The Pursuit of Happiness. I've watched him with the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I admire Will Smith, and he's a dynamic guy, not just from an actor standpoint, but the guy started from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Bel-Air and he was just doing comedy. He switched into doing more serious roles. He excelled in that. Fantastic actor. One of the guys that I would love to personally meet. And that's what I think about Will Smith. And Chris Rock, I'm a, I'm a fan of Chris Rock, too, but I would have to give the edge to Will Smith just because I, I kind of like the fact that Will doesn't really curse as much. You know, he's, you don't really see him doing a lot of profanity. Not that I have anything against Chris Rock having profanity, but I just kind of, I guess, gravitate to the bad boys, bad boys too. I've seen a lot of films with Will Smith. Having said that, Will Smith was flat out wrong in his behavior at the Oscars. He was flat out wrong. Now, I, I watched the replay several times because I was watching it about 10 times, seeing pretty much the same replay. And it was hard for me to determine if this was real or not. When you watch the unedited version, then I realized the first time I saw the unedited version that this was not a hoax. Will Smith actually did go ahead and slap Chris Rock. So for those people who said this is fake, it's not fake. Will Smith actually smacked him. I kind of wish it was fake because then at that point, I would have been like, all right, they were just torsing around. Well, no, Will Smith did smack Chris Rock. And my thoughts on this is, you know, Will Smith was okay with the joke. He was a real quick joke. It probably was on the borderline as far as, you know, being cheap or what have you. But it wasn't anything for him to get really upset about. He actually laughed. He looked at his wife. He saw his wife was upset. And I think this was a trigger from past trauma with Will, you know, publicly saying this is now that he felt as if he wasn't a protector of his mom when his mom used to get abused physically and mentally, uh, verbally by the, his dad. I think by him looking at his wife, it set up a trigger. And this is a perfect example of what happens when you let the emotion take over you. I don't think Will thought this. He really just let the emotion get over it, overtake him. He smacked him, went down to his seat, and then he started just giving it a verbal, verbal <laughs> assault. One thing I did see in this in the replay, too, that I noticed was that when Chris Rock saw that Jada Pinkett was upset about the joke, he was going on to another topic. He was getting out and dodge right then and there. He was going, he was pivoting to another 
it was like a football play. He was making a cut. He was going to make a cut. I think the way what would have happened is that later that night, Chris Rock would have went to Jada, would have went to Will Smith and said, hey, I'm sorry if, if you got offended by my joke. He didn't know about her history, the medical history that she has. But I think Chris Rock would have apologized to her or at least said, I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't realize you were going to get upset about it because he, he automatically identified it and he changed he, he went ahead and changed his uh, tune. He was changed the subject until Will Smith went on stage. So, you know, I, I did hear what a lot of people's opinions are about this topic. I just hate that it's, it's us, you know, black and brown community didn't have the best of night. I felt as if what Will Smith did, he ruined in a way his top, you know, accolade, getting the best actor is is the top of the top. Along with that and best film, best leading actor, male and best leading female actor, and best movie. Those are the three top awards during the Oscars. And Will Smith was getting one of those awards. And he and if he didn't do this, we would be talking about how great and how cool it was for him to get best male actor and King Richard but instead this thing completely overshadowed every, not just Will's award, it overshadowed everybody who was nominated or who won an award because all you heard about was this incident. So it, it, it didn't put us in the best light, you know, and that's just, that's my disappointment in it. I also wanted to let a lot of people who didn't know this, but when it comes to, to male black actors, I could tell you who has won that award, City Pontier, in the 94 years that the Oscar 94 times that it's been happening, the only four leading male black actors that have won for that award has been City Pontier. You have also Denzel Washington, who won it for Training Day. He really could have got it for Malcolm X, but he got it for Training Day. You have Jamie Foxx as well. And then you had Will Smith, number four. So, and those guys, if you average it out, if you average out the years in between them, it hasn't been, but it's usually about 20 years in between. So, it's unfortunately, this incident happened. I'm glad that Will Smith did apologize about it. You know, he, and that's another thing. He should have actually apologized when he came up to get an acceptance speech. He should have apologized right then and there to Chris, but he didn't. He apologized later on, but he did at least apologize. And my thoughts on this is Will Smith could have almost handed over that best actor to Chris Rock because the person who came out of this looking like a gold star was Chris Rock. I think Chris Rock did not retaliate against Will Smith because he looked at somebody he really admired and respected, and it kind of shocked him and disappointed him at the same time. And that's why I think Chris Rock did not retaliate. But I can give Chris Rock a lot of kudos. I'm, I'm glad he did not retaliate because it could have been even more embarrassing for the black and brown community. It could have been like, and, and Chris Rock was justified in retaliating. When someone hits you, you are allowed to defend yourself. And what Will Smith did, he assaulted him. You're allowed to defend yourself. Chris Rock took the high road. Kudos to Chris Rock for doing that because this could have turned into a bad melee. 
And it could have actually been even worse for Will Smith in the regard that had he did that to somebody other than Chris Rock, he may have gotten A, arrested, B, big-time lawsuit, and it could have been worse and worse and worse for him. He actually got away, Will Smith got away with slapping the guy that probably is going to give him the least as far as direct penalty. He didn't charge him. He's not going to sue him. You know, he's not that he can't sue him, but he's not going to do it. You know, so kudos to Chris Rock. That's my thoughts on this Oscar melee. I do think Will Smith is, he did resign today from the Academy, but I do, I do think it's probably good that he did that, but I do think the Academy is going to come down hard on Will Smith. They're going to set an example out of him because they don't want somebody else to try this. What I mean by that is, We'll just use Antonio Brown's example. You know, these guys who love to get attention, they'll just do that type of act to get all these views, all these comments, just to soak in all the attention and not really care about the repercussions if they don't do anything. So the the Oscars and the Academy Awards are in a tough position. They kind of have, even if, even with Will Smith resigning, I think they're still going to, hit him with a penalty because I think they don't want this to ever happen again. And I don't, I definitely agree with them. They have to set an example. And I believe when they get, I know how corporate America works. I've been in corporate America for a long time. Once the, everybody collaborates, they're going to figure out what the penalty is going to be. And I think even though he earned the best actor award, I have a feeling they're going to probably try to strip that award from him. I hate to say this, but I know me and my wife have had this discussion, but I feel like, unfortunately, I think that's what they're probably going to do. They're going to probably say, well, he kind of committed that act prior to getting the award. They're going to use some type of technicality and say he broke the kind of conduct before we actually gave the award. So because of that, he didn't really get it. You know, they're going to come up with something. But regardless of whether they do that or not, I feel as if it's a hollow victory anyway at this point for Will Smith, whether he gets to keep the award or not. If they strip him of it, hey, I don't. I think it's no harm, no foul at this point because it's a hollow victory. It's a victory you won, but it's really empty because it's associated with such a bad memory anyway. Why would you want to have best actor on that mantle? You're looking at it, and it's going to remind you of what happened. You're not going to look at that and say, hey, I was the best actor. And that's the reason why you have to think before you react, especially at the Oscars. And the reason why I'm also saying this opinion to people who are listening is that I want you to understand this. Whether you're an athlete, whether you love sports, you're a fan, and you're in your workplace or you're in a place where people are watching, do your very best not to let your emotions get the best of you. You have to be in control of your emotions because you end up being penalty. I'll give you one quick story. I had a neighbor, thankfully it's not the neighbor that I have now, but some years ago I had a neighbor that was really trying to do everything in their power to, to kind of push my buttons, to get me to snap, to get basically retaliate against him just so he could have more ammunition in his mind to be even worse to me. I never gave him that satisfaction. I always took the high road because I said to myself, if I retaliate with this guy or let him see that it's bothering me, if, it, if I think it's bad now, it's going to be five times worse. So I did not take the bait. 
sometimes in life, I want you guys to sort of help you with this. You're going to have sometimes in life, you're going to meet haters and baiters. I say it all the time. So maybe you never heard from me. You know, you're going to, you know, people going to hate and they're going to bait. They're going to hate or bait. Hate me, they're just going to be like, ah, oh, you suck, you're garbage, whatever. That's a hater. Nothing positive out of that. They're just talking negative. Then you can have people who bait you. Bait you means they're trying to bait you into a negative reaction to make you look bad so they can feel better about themselves. They're trying to bait you into an argument, bait you into a situation where you look like trash. In life, you're going to deal with haters and baiters. You got to learn how to just control your emotion, count to 10, whatever it is. And you have to ask yourself, is it worth it? If Will Smith would have counted to 10, he probably would have said, you know what? Maybe I should just talk to Chris Rock behind stage. I mean, Will Smith had to know better that you're, you're a VIP. You're Will Smith. You're Chris Rock. You could talk to him backstage if you didn't like the joke. And not only that, he was moving on. He saw that your wife was upset. I could see clearly see what, what Chris Rock was doing. He, he looked at his data. He seen that he, she was upset, and he was doing like a, a cut, a football cut. So that's my thought on the Oscars. I, I pray for Will Smith because I feel like there's stuff that's going on prior to what happened during the Oscars. I feel like there's a lot going on with him. So I am I'm, am I surprised that he had a public outburst like this? No, I'm, I'm just surprised it happened at the Oscars, but I could kind of see that coming. I just see Will Smith over the last couple of years, he's been dealing with a lot publicly. You know, he did say in his book that he, he released that he's had, you know, some suicidal thoughts. So I am not because I, I definitely keep an eye on mental health. I could see this brewing from, from uh, Will Smith. I pray for Will Smith. I pray for Chris Rock. I pray for everybody that was affected by the Oscar. And I definitely pray that Will specifically gets help. And I hope that Chris Rock is able to, he won't be able to put this behind him, but he, he got secondhand basic drama he's got to deal with now. But his, hey, it's, it's helped out his, his sales in a way. So kudos to Chris Rock. And kudos to Chris Rock the way he handled the situation. Most guys wouldn't have been able to do that. He showed a lot of restraint, a lot of class. So kudos to Chris Rock for not taking a bad situation and making it 100 times worse. Yeah, guys. So definitely this has been a fantastic day. I want to thank our sponsor, Chef G's barbecue sauce go ahead and support chef g's barbecue sauce is delicious the kids have it i'm not just saying that bbq it's a florida bbq sauce you can go to our website alan and aaron there's links there he's our sponsor he's a great guy chef chef g g stands for gasset he's a great guy you can get his his sauce his barbecue sauce honey mustard try it it's so addictive, you'll need a support group. So definitely kudos to Chef G for being our sponsor. And I definitely want to thank a lot of people today. I want to first and foremost thank Lou Pinella for doing the exclusive interview today at the Avila Golf and Country Club. 
definitely want to thank Avila for for hosting such a great great time. It was it was it was such a fun interview. Lou Lou Pinella is a fantastic guy. I can't wait till we have him on our show. I did tell him that we want to have him on our show. Lou Pinella is great, and want to thank Lou Pinella. Want to thank our calling guest today. First, uh, James Bida for calling in, and definitely I'm glad I ran into him last Friday at the Bourbon base at the Baseball Bourbon and Cigars event in Ybor City. So uh, thank you, James, for calling in. Thank you, Angelo, for calling in twice. Really appreciate you. Definitely don't don't be a stranger. Keep calling us here at the Allen and Aaron Sports Tech Radio Show. We always love to hear from you. Also want to thank Lou for calling in as well. Really appreciate you too. Lou is uh, one of our constant callers, and we love him. So please support Lou and give him a call at his show, 512-543-4662. And it's Saturday. That's tomorrow from 5 to 7 Eastern Standard Time Zone. Sports show. So definitely, guys, really appreciate you listening. Really appreciate your support of Down and Aaron Sports Career Show. If you haven't done so already, please like our page. Please, uh, follow us on YouTube too. That's Alan Alford. And also, please uh, follow us on iHeartRadio. But it's it's you know your motivation is making you guys happy, and that's our motivation here. Aaron unfortunately could not make it today. He did tell me in advance, so our prayers are with Aaron. He'll be here next week. But until then, I hope you guys have a blessed weekend. Be safe. Think before you react. (laughs) Watch out for those haters and baiters. In the meantime, you have a great week. Thank you so much. Really appreciate you all. Have a great weekend. And we'll catch you on the next Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. Good night. Thank you. Listening to the Evan Aaron Sports Talk Podcast. Subscribe and check us out on your favorite social media platform. Thank you.